children of God, what have we done? We've taken the truth and made it a weapon. How easy we forget what drew and pulled us in. It was not pointed fingers or proving me wrong that called and convicted me to come home. But kindness brought repentance, freedom and forgiveness. If we're gonna be known for something, let it be loved. Let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. It's your boy Sully on the Excuse Me Podcast, Maximize the Moment Podcast. And I literally, I literally pray that you're maximizing the moment in God every day. And I hope that you're safe. I hope that your family's safe, your loved ones are safe, and I hope that you guys are doing and taking all the precautions that you need to keep yourselves safe and continually praying uh, for God's providence in your life, for God's wisdom in your life, his understanding, and that he continues to push you towards your purpose. But that, with that being said, we're going we're gonna to continue with the second part of the Luke 6 series. Yep, super excited about this message. But before we get to the message, I'm going to share a story. Um, so I'm, I'm delivering this podcast from out of town right now. And I was sharing this story with my wife on the way up, which coincidentally um, goes along with the message of the day. And so while I was sailing out in the Pacific Ocean, while I was out there, sometimes it felt like in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes we had days where it was extremely overcast. We'd be out in the ocean and the ocean would be super flat and it'd be beautiful out there, but it would be overcast, right? You could not see the sun. And then at some part of the day, you would come across this the part of the clouds where it would just be like the the beams of the sun were breaking through the clouds. It'd be the circle in the clouds and the, the rays would just be pouring down into the ocean and you could see each beam of light hit the ocean. It was one of the most beautiful things you can see. But the thing is, is that it's easily recognizable. And today we're going to talk about things that are easily recognizable, whether it's the light, whether it's good or whether it's evil, we can see things that are easily recognizable. And that being said, we're going to start with Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 44 for today's message. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes or briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Very powerful stuff. Let's begin to walk the dog on this scripture. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. <clears throat> There's a dichotomy that leads into the next verse. There is a separation being developed at this point. There is a very fundamental truth that's being formed because each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Each tree is recognized. It is seen. It is reflective. It is categorized. It is known by what it produces. And you cannot produce something that has not been cultivated, rooted, or planted 
In order to produce something, it has to be generated. You as a human being are recognized by the things you produce, the things you generate, the things that come from you are a reflection of all that we have allowed to cultivate within us. Okay, let me make this real simple so it hits home. Lots of people, they they adopt Kobe's mama mentality. It's a mindset that Kobe lived by and produced the fruit of high levels of domination and competition. That's an internal, continually cultivated process. And we know that who Kobe was by the external products that were a result of an internal rooted mindset. We know Mother Teresa because of the fruit she produced. We know Nelson Mandela because of the fruit that he produced. We know Saddam Hussein by the fruit he produced. We know Gandhi, Ted Bundy by the fruit they produced. We know T.D. Jakes, Bianca Altov, Kristen Kane, Steve Furtick, Francis Tan by what they produce. We recognize these people by the products that pour out of them. And as believers, as Christians, how can we attribute to being grafted in if we are not producing fruit that represents who God is? You cannot cultivate, you cannot foster, you cannot pull from something you are not ultimately connected to. To be a Christian, more specifically a follower of Christ, one that has a personal relationship with Christ, your fruit are the byproducts of your life which reflect all that Christ has called us to be. You cannot be out here judging, gossiping, coveting, lying, cheating, stealing, calling yourself a God in the street, cursing and fussing, serving money, sex, and violence, and turn around and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I live the life that God has called me to. Those things just don't add up. And then some may say, Sully, aren't you being a little harsh? And I say, not at all. No one walks up to Michael Jordan and says, hey, Mike, you are a heck of a hockey player. No, they say he was one of the greatest basketball players of all time because that's what he did at a high level. That's who Michael Jordan was. No true believer understanding the depths of what Christ has done for us says, Jesus, you were a heck of a good person. You were a heck of a Jew. No. We say he is the savior, our savior, humanity's savior that opened up a lane of salvation when we were parsed by our sin. Christ is the greatest example of a tree being recognized by its fruit. Christ was the word of God wrapped in the flesh. He served, prayed, accomplished many, many miracles, sacrificed and taught. But most of all, everything that he did pointed towards God. The fruit always points back to his tree. The fruit always points back to his tree. And while we could list how Jesus went about all things, all these things that displayed his fruit, God's fruit, there's another way Christ was recognized. And um, it's just a physical example. And it's through genealogy by the bloodline from which Jesus was born. That's one of the easier ways that people were recognized within the Bible is through their family tree. And we see that Jesus was prophesied about coming from the line of David that runs all the way back from the beginning. And I'm not going to run down through a whole generational line. It's just an example, but you could check out Matthew 1 for greater understanding. And as we are part of the kingdom, brothers and sisters in Christ, as he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, then it is self evident that believers ought to be recognized by their fruit. 
by what they do on a daily basis and how we reflect the light and hope of Christ. We share in the same spiritual bloodline through the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Do not forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it only affected their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Jesus Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Romans chapter 11, verse 17 through 34. Very important. And if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I may be grafted in. You will say then, branches were broken off that I may be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity. But towards you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to the nature and into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? I need you to understand who supports us. The humbling privilege we have in our association with God and how much of a mercy and grace have fallen on us to just have the opportunity to be connected to the kingdom, to participate in God's economy. Once alienated, once we were alienated by sin and then through Christ offered citizenship. To be a citizen is to be recognized subject of a said commonwealth. You are you are associated legally. Being a citizen has a privilege. You legally inherit the privileges that come along with being associated to that commonwealth. Let's talk about it. Paul was a Roman citizen, and that is why we see Paul in Rome as we transition from Acts to the book of Romans because of his entitlement as a Roman citizen. Roman citizens had certain rights, things that were legally promised to them. Being a Roman citizen carried legal and social advantages. Some of those advantages included the right to vote, the right to hold office, uh, the right to make contracts, 
the right to own property, the right to have a lawful marriage, the right not to pay some taxes, especially local taxes, the right to sue in court and be sued, the right to defend oneself in court, very important, the right to have a legal trial with a judge, the right to appeal a decision. No Roman citizen could be tortured, whipped, or receive the death penalty unless found guilty of treason. We see this in Acts 22, that Paul was about to be beaten, and due to his citizenship, he knew he could not be tortured without trial in court or being found guilty. Furthermore, we see him appeal to Caesar much later by the way of his understanding the appeal process again as his right as a citizen. Why do I say all this? Your citizenship in Christ is important to understand. Who you belong to and the privileges that come along with being associated as a child of God, being linked to eternity under God's governance. But we can delve into Christian citizenship later. Very interesting topic matter. But let's transition back to Luke 6 verse 44 and on to our second point for the day. People do not pick up figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings up good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 7, verse 14 through 23. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. The fruit that someone produces only comes from what is stored up inside the tree. What's stored up inside that person? Jesus says, out of the heart. See, the Bible talks a lot about the heart. It talks about hardening the heart. It talks about guarding your heart. God knows the intentions of your heart. That's one of the reasons knowing Jesus is a heart change because we are filling our hearts with more Jesus and less of the things that don't glorify him. The Lord declares, love me with all your heart. The Lord declares, love me with all your heart. So we should take care of our hearts, both physically and spiritually. They affect our lives here and in eternity. We are all allowing What are we allowing to be stored in this critical space? Then we have a tertiary effect that happens. We have this drop in the pond effect as we transition to the third point. We have been given clarity as how to recognize fruit in the next part of verse 45. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Amen. Isn't that a sentence and a message within itself? For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Proverbs 13.3, those who guard their lips preserve their lives. Ooh, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. First Peter 3, 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Matthew 12, 36. But I tell you that everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. James 1, 19. My dear brothers and sisters, my Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And one of my favorites, Proverbs 17, 28, even fools, it says even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. This is a great self-awareness drill, isn't it? Evaluate what you have been saying. Evaluate the words and conversations you carry. These things are greater, are a greater reflection of what is in stored up inside of you. We are to be to be speaking through the word, not merely cavalier in what we say. It is the word of God used to speak everything into existence, and that is a reflection of God's heart. It is the word of God that was used to speak everything into existence and is only a reflection of God's heart. It is his word that will sit down to the earth. It is God's word that will be final. How important are our words? It is with words we profess our faith and praise. Words that move mountains and destroy them. As we follow the word, increase our relationship with the word, we also harness it and equip ourselves with it. It was the fruit that was chosen in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are of the fruit which opened up a doorway. Not only does fruit point back to the tree, but our fruit pours onto others. What we produce stores in other people. Be understanding of that consequence. What tree are you partaking from? How are you recognized? What are you giving to others? I close with this thought. The backslider likes the preaching that wouldn't hit the side of a house, while the real disciple is delighted with the truth that brings him to his knees. Billy Sunday. We should continue to humble ourselves and continually seek the heart of God. Only then will we attach ourselves to the root, although we were once wild olive shoots separated from his goodness. Be blessed out there, and I hope to see you guys next time on another Maximize the Moment. Let's get it. Mankind keeps no record of wrongs, gives more than it takes, no matter the cost. It is not proud, 
stones If we're gonna be known for something Let it be love For something Let it be love